This is the story of Pentecost, according to the book of Acts. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one of them heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they ask, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear, each of us, in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jewish-born and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They're filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, You Judeans and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your youth shall see visions, and your elders shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Do you remember the first time you ever received Holy Communion? Your first time participating in, in the Eucharist, this holy meal, receiving the bread in your hands, sipping from the cup. Do you remember? In the early days of this pandemic, I have to confess that my mind was all over the place on how, if at all, we should be receiving Holy Communion right now. This weekly celebration of the Lord's Supper is something so integral to our worship life together. 
But now, all of a sudden, we had to start thinking about things like virus transmission, keeping our distance, even possibly fasting from this meal for a while. I was scheduled to preach at Cross of Life on what we didn't know at the time would end up being our last weekend worshiping together in person for a while. And the Thursday before, I had just returned to COL after a meeting off-site. Our Unity staff began to trickle in, assembling for a, a summit, an all-staff meeting, to discuss our response to COVID-19 and what was very suddenly becoming a rapidly unfolding worldwide crisis. As the crisis continued, and it was clear that things were only getting more serious, we made the call to suspend in-person worship indefinitely, beginning that Wednesday with our midweek Lenten service. Feels so long ago, doesn't it? As we crept closer to the next weekend, we knew that in-person worship, including communion and everything else, was out. Over the past months, churches have scrambled to adjust to this new normal with plenty of technological hiccups and difficult decisions along the way. And now, if you think the debate surrounding reopening has been treacherous territory? Well, you haven't been a member of one of the many clergy Facebook groups I follow online. The communion debate became one of the most hotly contested theological issues of our day, and everyone had an opinion. Virtual communion, drive-through communion, home communion, no communion. My own self-debate has gone through all of those options and I'm convinced there's just no right answer. Then, last weekend, on Saturday afternoon, I visited two of our members from the Christ the King campus. They haven't been able to access any of our online services, and so I came over for driveway communion. I read scripture with them, shared a short reflection, prayed, and then presided over our own BYO elements. Mine was a wheat thin and a small mason jar of wine. I sat at a distance. We didn't hold hands as we normally would during the Lord's Prayer. And I couldn't even place the body of Christ in their hands as I normally would. And then on my drive home, I realized that was the first time I presided at the Eucharist since February 10th. So much was different between that Sunday in February and this afternoon. So much was different between then and now. That day, sharing drive-through communion just last week, felt weird, but it was also holy, and it felt strangely familiar. In that moment, I also realized that over the past months, 
We haven't been fasting from communion. We've just been experiencing it in different ways. In this holy meal, we receive the body of Christ. And from this table, we are sent forth to be the body of Christ for one another. And that's exactly what we've been doing these past months. Being the church and showing up for each other in online worship, in phone call check-ins, in card writing, in prayer, in drive-through food pantry lines, in sewing face masks for our local hospitals and members of our community. Over the past months, the church has not been closed. We've just been experiencing it in different ways. The church isn't closed. Buildings are closed. The day of Pentecost is sometimes referred to as the church's birthday. And so on this day, we celebrate the church. And we know that the church is so much bigger, so much more than just a building. So much more than even two buildings. Church happens in hospital hallways where chaplains and doctors and nurses and caregivers are still hard at work caring for their patients. Church happens in family rooms around emails from Joanne Tom with DIY Sunday school ideas. Church happens during driveway communion around a small mason jar of Merlot and a wheat thin and a plastic baggie. Church happens wherever and whenever the body of Christ is gathered or separated. The disciples began that ordinary Pentecost today, all huddled together in one place. The text doesn't tell us what, if anything, they were doing or saying to each other. But remember, this is only one chapter in Acts after Jesus' ascension. In that moment, the disciples were left gazing up toward heaven, confused, worried, maybe even scared about what the future might hold. And now, here they sit, waiting and wondering together. When all of a sudden, something marvelous and miraculous happens, with the rush of the wind and tongues of fire, the Spirit shows up. The Spirit shows up and fills and animates the body of Christ to immediately start preaching the good news where they were, as they were, even in their isolation, even in their uncertainty. God's Spirit shows up. God's Spirit shows up in our sanctuaries with a skeleton worship crew and a pastor who preaches to an iPhone camera. God's Spirit shows up in our living rooms as we watch worship in our pajamas and with horrifying bedhead that hasn't been cut in three months. God's Spirit shows up in hospital rooms where COVID-19 patients are alone and scared. God's Spirit shows up in the rooms of nursing homes and retirement communities where residents aren't allowed to have visitors. 
God's Spirit shows up. The Spirit that rushes in with wind and fire isn't going to be stopped by a worldwide pandemic. And she doesn't need this room to make herself known. God's Spirit shows up and is present with us wherever we are, no matter what. God's Spirit shows up. As we continue to navigate our present circumstances and deliberate how and when to reopen our buildings, know this. The church has been, is now, and will continue to be open for business. The church has never been just a building. The church is the people of God wherever we are. And wherever we are, there is God's Spirit, igniting our faith, reviving our witness, inspiring our service to keep being the church together. Alleluia, the Spirit is here. The Spirit is here indeed. Alleluia.